Today's episode is brought to you in part by Logos. Logos combines digital books with intelligent software to help you study the Bible deeply. Do word studies with one click, search for virtually anything in your Bible, and enjoy dozens of features that help you see more in Scripture. Right now, you can find my book, Virtuous Persuasion, A Theology of Christian Mission, as well as get a listener discount on Logos by visiting logos.com slash mniebauer. That's logos.com slash mniebauer. Why is it that Christians who exhibit mercy and meekness should expect to be treated poorly by the world? If Jesus is the true way to all that is good, true, and beautiful, then why will Christians be reviled for believing in him? Welcome to This We Believe, the podcast where we explain the essential texts of the Christian faith. My name is Dr. Michael Niebauer. Jesus closes out the Beatitudes by declaring, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. These are two similar statements regarding the treatment of those who choose to follow Jesus. As we have seen, most of the Beatitudes are about specific qualities that reside in the heart of the Holy Christian. These final Beatitudes, however, concern the actions that the world will impose on holy Christians. Those who exude humility, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, and those who are pure in heart should expect harm, ridicule, and persecution as a result. They give us two reasons why Christians will undergo this persecution and hardship. Because of righteousness and because they profess the name of Jesus. First, Jesus says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. As we've seen in earlier Beatitudes, a righteous person is someone who is right with God. They are someone who has ordered all of their hearts, all of their thoughts, all of their words, and all of their deeds around loving and honoring God. Christians believe that those who love God with all of their heart, mind, and soul are thus empowered and equipped to also love their neighbor as themselves. The love that is poured in the heart of the righteous person overflows into the lives of everyone they meet. But if this is the case, why does Jesus state that such righteous persons will be persecuted? First, because our love of other people can create conflict with those who are unloving. Out of love, we are often compelled to protect the weak and the vulnerable. And this will lead to conflict and even persecution from oppressors. For instance, if my neighbor is being physically abused by their spouse, love compels me to intervene to help. This may mean that I am harmed myself in the process. But this is a risk that comes when righteousness compels us to act out of love of neighbor. The righteous person is no coward. They actively intervene for the sake of love and justice, and in so doing place their own bodies at risk for the sake of others. But there is an even deeper reason why the righteous person will be persecuted. As Jesus says in this passage, 
Christians will simple, simply be persecuted for righteousness' sake, for the very fact that they are righteous. How can this be so? Well, perfection, goodness, and beauty can often spark jealousy in those who are wicked and ugly. We see this most vividly in the arts and even in sports. The high school quarterback who loses their starting job to a better player can respond in one of two ways. They can be inspired by their rival to work harder and improve, or they can respond with jealousy, wishing that their rival would get injured. The movie Amadeus gives a vivid example of this phenomenon. In the film, a, a struggling composer named Salieri encounters the brilliant Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, and in so doing, he is confronted with his own mediocrity. Instead of delighting in the compositions of Mozart and using them as inspiration, he is consumed with jealousy, cursing God for not blessing him with the same musical gifts as his rival. Something similar happens with truly righteous people. On the one hand, such persons can be an inspiration for those who seek truth, goodness, and beauty. But for others, the mere display of their righteousness plunges them into jealousy. In response, they seek to diminish the status of the righteous person, spreading lies about them, speaking poorly about them, and even seeking their harm. This, of course, is at the root of the persecution of Jesus. Jesus is persecuted and condemned by the Pharisees out of sheer jealousy. The righteousness of Jesus provoked envy from these professional religious leaders, and they responded with lies and ultimately crucifixion. Jesus goes on to say, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Since Jesus is the only truly righteous person to ever walk the earth, he was persecuted. And so, for those who choose to follow Jesus, who take the name Christian, they should expect to be persecuted simply for believing in Jesus. The name of Jesus alone is controversial, because Jesus claimed to be God and invited his followers to believe in him as Lord and God. Because of this truth, those who bear the name Christian are publicly declaring that all other gods are false and that all other religions are lacking. When we profess faith in Jesus, we invite non-Christians to realize that they are missing something in their lives, that their lives are incomplete without Jesus. While some people will receive this news with joy, seeking after Jesus, others will respond with anger and jealousy. They will seek to discredit Jesus by discrediting us. How are Christians supposed to respond in the face of derision and persecution? Should they fight back with derision? Should they fight fire with fire? Should they plot revenge whenever the tables of power are turned towards them? No. Instead, Jesus says something startling. They should rejoice and be glad. Why should Christians rejoice in the midst of persecution? First, because such persecution is a sign that one believes in Jesus for the right reasons. While faith 
in Jesus Christ can bring with it a certain amount of peace and happiness in this life. One does not follow Jesus because of these material and psychological benefits. Ultimately, we follow Jesus because we believe he is God and that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And rejoicing under persecution, Christians are reminded that material comfort is not the greatest thing in life and that a relationship with God is worth more than any temporary pleasures and comfort. Jesus says that Christians should rejoice for their reward is in heaven. These words are meant to be a great comfort to our souls. When we experience conflict and difficulties because of our faith in Christ, we are called to fix our eyes on heaven, trusting that Jesus sees our perseverance and will reward us in eternity for it. Persecution offers us the opportunity to deepen our faith, trusting more in our eternal, heavenly gifts rather than in our temporary, worldly security. Jesus goes on to say something even more startling. He says that those who suffer in his name stand alongside of the prophets who were similarly persecuted for their righteousness. When we are persecuted, we are given an opportunity to stand alongside all of the other great and faithful men and women who have suffered for righteousness' sake. Jesus is, in a sense, saying that the average, common Christian becomes as great as John the Baptist, Isaiah, and Ezekiel, participating in their righteous martyrdoms and receiving a share of the glory of God each and every time they are persecuted for believing in his, in his name. While most of us will not be asked to sacrifice our lives for righteousness' sake, we will experience challenges if we believe in Jesus. We will experience tensions in some of our relationships. We may miss out on a promotion at work or perhaps even lose our job. Other times, we will be prompted out of love of God to intervene in conflict to promote peace, risking bodily or emotional harm. But Jesus has now given us hope and comfort, for we know that the kingdom of heaven is ours. I'd like to thank you for joining me today on This We Believe. If you have enjoyed this episode, I'd ask that you tell one other friend about us. This will go a long way in helping us reach others. If you'd like to connect further, please visit our Facebook page at This We Believe Podcast, our Twitter at we underscore believe underscore pod, or send us an email at thisweBelievePodcast at gmail.com. Take care and God bless. Mm-hmm.